and it is awesome to see him feel good and, and be able to be here. All right, so this morning, this is the message portion, and then we're going to worship some more and take communion. And the name of the message this morning is Numbered and Marked. So if you would turn in your Bibles to Numbers chapter 1, Numbers chapter 1, um, this is Thomas's, Thomas Seaford, raise your hand, right? It's his favorite book of the Bible, Numbers, um, that's a joke, it's really not, but nonetheless, we had a conversation. So Numbers chapter 1. Numbers chapter 1. And this is what it says. The Lord spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai in the tent of meeting. Now, last week we talked about that tent of meeting being something outside of the camp. It is still the case in this verse. Um, In the next chapter, it's going to be a little bit different. But in this verse, he went outside to talk to him in the tent of meeting. On the first day of the second month in the second year after they had come out of the land of Egypt. What I think is remarkable about this particular verse, and any time I see this in Scripture, is that the Lord spoke. And he spoke to Moses. The God of the universe decided to speak to somebody that he had created. The God of the universe decided to speak to a man that was sinful. The God of the universe decided to speak to somebody that was less perfect than he is. The God of the universe decided to speak to somebody that doesn't have the potential in this life of ever coming close to being as holy as he is. But the Lord spoke to Moses. That, that's an amazing, amazing thing. I, I, I pause every time I see that. If, if, you, if I was to go somewhere and someone was to talk to me that was a leader that I respected, it, it would make my day. I was in a conference one time with John Maxwell and and um, I was listening to that conference. This is probably, probably 20 years ago, 20 years ago. And it was a big conference. And um, I, I got a little busy after the, the conference and happened to be walking through the sanctuary at the end of that. And he was, he was up front alone. So I walked up to him to talk to him and just to say hello and thank him for the conference. That man spent the next 45 minutes with me talking to me how I could lead my church better and giving me principles one-on-one. It is something that, is, that has never left me. I mean, I still think about that and still respect that man till today because of who he is. If you know who he is, he's a pretty big guy. To take that time with me, who had a church of 30 at the time. At the end of that conversation, he told his little aide that kept trying to get him to leave. He said, no, 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 look, this is important because if his church grows... If his church doubles in size, it will do more than any large church growing by 10%. That's crazy how, how he did that. But here in Scripture, somebody bigger than John Maxwell has spoke to Moses. Don't you agree? And it's amazing that God, who doesn't have to speak to Moses, decides to do so. I would submit to you this morning that The Lord is not only speaking to Moses, but he's also decided to speak to you and me 
today. That is an amazing concept. So turning your Bibles to Hebrews, it's in the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. And this is what it says. Long ago, at many times, Numbers 1-1, and in many ways, all through the Old Testament, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. It's amazing. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. So today, right now, to you and to me, it is Jesus Christ, his son, that speaks to you. Jesus has a message Jesus is one that says something. Jesus is one that cares enough about you who also created you because they're three in one. He decided to speak to you. He decided to speak to his creation. That's an amazing thing. Here's a couple of things that Jesus has said. First, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Now, sometimes when Jesus speaks, we're like, what? Right? Right? But he's still speaking because this transcends any of our intellect, to be honest with you. And it has a wisdom of it that we would never arrive at. So Jesus cared enough to speak to us concerning our enemies. Check this out. Judge not and you will not be judged. Condemn not and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Amazing. That's Jesus to you. Here's another one. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors saying to them, rejoice with me for I have found my sheep that was lost. 2,000 years ago, when Jesus spoke these words for the very first time, he was thinking about you being a lost sheep and me being a lost sheep. And he wanted to make sure that you had a way to be found. Why does God speak to us today? Because he wants you and I to be found. He wants you and I to know the way to live. He wants you and I to live with him. He wants you and I to have a relationship with him and grow with him. And he wants to be your best friend and you should want to be his best friend. That is why he spoke. Here's a couple other things he spoke as well. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If we're doing this this morning, that's what that verse is all about. This is how you get to the Father We remember this to get to the Father. That's what that's about. Next, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Before salvation, your treasure was in different things. It wasn't in Jesus Christ. It wasn't in what he wanted you to do. It wasn't in his will. 
It wasn't in his way, but once you receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your savior, your treasure, your heart should be with him. And that means your treasure is in heaven. Jesus, to me, is valued above anything that I have, own, or even the people that I know. Jesus is my treasure. He is my treasure. Now, I'll be honest with you, there's some times that I have to fight with my heart to make sure that I keep him as my treasure, right? If things happen, people happen, I happen, I happen, I happen, right? And my heart's like, no, you're central, you're central, you're central. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I am not the treasure. If I was the treasure, the world would be in trouble. Jesus is the treasure, and the world isn't in trouble as long as they put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and ask him to be their savior. Jesus decided to speak to you. The father decided to speak to you through his son. It's amazing. It's amazing. Check this out. Do this in remembrance of me. Do this, the bread, the cup, in remembrance of me. Why is it so important for Jesus to tell us to make sure that we don't forget this story? I'll tell you why. Because we have a tendency to make the world and our life about our story. It's what I'm doing. It's what I'm posting on Facebook. It's what's happening to me. It's my story. It's what's happening. It's the bad. It's the good. And I am central. And so I make, I elevate that story to the place where everybody knows about it and everybody should know about it and everybody should be thinking about it. And it affects me. The way that you know whether or not you are making it about your story is if you're really worried about your reputation all the time. If you're worried about your reputation and how people see you, you have started living for your story rather than this story. Come on, church. This is the story we live for. This transcends all other stories. It is above everything, everything. It doesn't matter what happened to you next, uh, this week compared to this. It doesn't matter what you struggled with compared to this story right here. This story is supreme. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is it. And the moment that we start worrying about how people look at us is the moment that we no longer care about how they look at Jesus. And my treasure and your treasure should be one that we care about how people look at Jesus. And we're constantly pointing them to him and how he has spoken to them through his word. Amen? So, with that in mind, turn to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, verse 1. And in verse 1, it says these words, in the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The beginning of what? The gospel of who? 
Jesus Christ. This is a proclamation that the Messiah that the Jews had looked for, the one that was going to save them, had come on the planet and was here. And the gospel is the good news that the Messiah came. You tracking? In this verse right here, it tells us that not only did God the Father want to speak to us, not only did Jesus the Son want to speak to us, but they, together collectively as one, decided we are going to go to them and become flesh and dwell among them so that they know that we care, so that they know that we know what humanity is, so that they know we know their struggles, so that they know they know that we love them. Are you tracking? So Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us, and that was good news. That was good news, right? But there's more good news than that. When Jesus was here on earth, the dead began to rise out of the grave, the blind began to see, the mute began to speak, the deaf began to hear, there were lives changed, people healed, the gospel presented, there were many people that began to follow Jesus, multitudes of people came to faith with Jesus Christ while he was here because he wanted a people. He wanted a people and he wanted to communicate how they could have a better life because Jesus cares for you, Jesus cares for me, and Jesus cared for them. The good news is the gospel. The gospel good news is that God came and dwelt among us and he did a bunch of miraculous things. Did a bunch of miraculous things. But there's one thing that he did that was more important than anything else. And that's when he decided to lay down all his power and he sacrificed himself on the cross and shed his blood for your sins. It's when he laid it all down and he died was the greatest thing that he ever did. That story doesn't end with just his death. It ends with three days later in his resurrection. We do not serve a dead God. We do not serve somebody that is still in the grave. We serve someone who is alive and imparts that life to you and me. Jesus said these words, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And it's the road to the cross that gets us to that life. It's the road to the cross that gets us to salvation. And it's his resurrection that imparts to us new life and new meaning. It is an amazing, amazing story. Incredible. And today, that is what we remember. That is what we remember.